welcome to the Simply Fit podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. And today I have a very special edition of the show. And if you're listening to this on Sunday, the 10th of March, when it's being released, it's one day before International Women's Day. And if you're listening to this on the Monday, then happy International Women's Day to you. So I thought it'd be the perfect time to create a female-specific episode. And if you're a guy right now, it will definitely still be worth a listen. I'm sure that you have a special woman in your life, whether it's your mum, your sister, grandmother, partner, or even some of your female friends potentially. You might learn something today that you can share with them. I also do want to take a quick moment to acknowledge all of the epic females in my life, and you guys all know who you are. And I also, I have to, acknowledge the most incredible and strong females we have within the EH coaching team as well. I thoroughly enjoy working with women in the HC team, and they're pretty damn inspirational too. And I actually want to get a little bit more specific too. And I think as men, we overlook the fact that we still very much live in a world of male privilege. Don't get me wrong, it is definitely better than it was, but it totally still exists. And I think one of my most favorite recent examples of this was the Bumble IPO. And it's amazing to see a female founder take a company public And based on what I was reading, there's only roughly 20 female founders that have done at this point. And she also signed off with a baby in one arm, which is yeah, pretty damn impressive as well. But what was really interesting is that when I was scrolling through this, it was big on LinkedIn, as you can imagine, there was another female who said something along the lines of like, we shouldn't be calling her a CEO or a girl, hashtag girl boss or female founder. We should live in a world where she's not celebrated because she's a woman. She's celebrated for her achievement as a CEO, as the boss, as the founder, rather than having all these, you know, female additions and connotations to it. And, you know, when I first read it, I was like, oh, that seemed a bit negative. I thought this was like a bit of a day of celebration. But then it actually got me thinking and I was like, yeah, she's actually right. You know, and as a man, like specifically myself, I overlook the fact, I say I overlooked past tense, the fact that we are living in like a world where opportunities are still not equal between males and females. And I'll touch on this a little bit later specifically to the industry I'm in. But to this day, if you think of an engineer, if you think of a firefighter, which, you know, not so long ago was a fireman, right? If you think of CEOs, there's still a bit of a gender association there. And if I think to the future, and this is what really got me, if I ever had a daughter in the future, I would not want her to grow up in a world where she doesn't have equal opportunity just because she was born a female. That seems absolutely ridiculous to me. Like, I want her to live in a world so she can be whatever the hell she wants to be, right? And, you know, I would just encourage us to all live in a world where gender, in a way, of course, apart from the obvious physiological differences between us, is relatively irrelevant. It just simply comes down to who is the best person to do this job. So after reflecting, I did begin to understand the need for like days specifically like this. And I do really respect the females and males who are trying to facilitate this shift in mentality that's been existent for so long. 
So I really hope that this podcast contributes to that course. And I just want to finish off by giving a huge shout out to all the females listening today and all of them who are constantly striving to try and break the norm. So today's structure, we're going to keep it as usual, training, nutrition, and mindset. But of course, it's all going to be oriented around helping out the ladies. So let's dive in. And the first question is on the topic of training. And it's probably the one you're expecting. Should women train differently to men? So this is a great question. And if we go back around five to 10 years ago, the majority of people would have believed the answer was yes. It would have kind of been a bit of a no-brainer. Like when I first started personal training, you know, close to a decade ago now, it was like, it wasn't as common to see women like coming to the free weights area of the gym. Like they were either in classes or on cardio machines or potentially like using, you know, the small rubber weights in the stretching area. But fast forward to today, there's a lot more of an even split between it. And don't get me wrong, it is still predominantly male, but I am super impressed to see how many females will just, you know, walk into the weights area. And, you know, to be honest, they quite often work out a lot of the dudes in there as well. So I think, you know, a lot of it might come down to, you know, the epic female athletes in the CrossFit world, like really setting the standards for what a female athlete can be. And then also, if we actually look at influencers from a positive perspective, there are a lot of awesome female influencers out there. They're not all just trying to sell you booty plans and tea detoxes. Like they are preaching weight train, you know, do things that you want to do in the gym. Don't have limitations when it comes to your training, your fitness, your well-being. And I do definitely feel like this has helped break down the idea that, you know, the weight area is just for men. And I think this is awesome. You can probably already tell, I'm not going to go as far to say I'm a feminist, but I am a huge fan of females just having equal opportunity in every sense of the word. So back to the question, the answer is yes, but it's also no, right? Largely females can train in the same way as men. But some men, you know, don't actually train hard at all. So, you know, some females might not even want to train like men. But I'm assuming this question means, you know, should women be training with heavy weights and spending most of their time doing lifting versus cardio, etc.? The last part was a bit tongue in cheek. I'll give you that. So like the answer to this question is an absolute yes. And it obviously depends on the goal. If the goal is to become a better runner or I don't know, a horse rider, then it might not be the best idea to spend all of your time in the weight training area. Yes, it might be. But if you're a runner or you're a horse rider, you probably want to spend more time running and horse riding, right? However, if we're looking at like just to get lean uh, to look toned, quote unquote, then the answer is absolutely. Like females should be proactively looking to build muscle if their goal is to get toned and have a lean physique. And that's the best way to do it, right? Through lifting weights. However, it would be super ignorant of us to disregard the fact that there are some very obvious physiological difference between males and females. And I'm not going to go into the topic of gender neutrality here. That is definitely not an area that I want to go into. However, we all know that there are very distinct differences between the male and female body. And not only that, we have to look at evolution. Females and males did for generations long before ours because they have made an impact on how our bodies perform today. So therefore, there are some things that need to be considered. And that's why I want to go through maybe like three to four things that we should consider when females should train differently than males. So I'll start with the first one that actually always used to make me laugh when I worked on the gym floor. You'll tend to find that women need a lot less rest than men do, right? I remember being in the gym and like, you know, I'd be doing a typical superset, maybe an upper body movement, a lower body movement. 
And then afterwards, the men would be like blowing, they're like, right? And then taking all the rest and trying to like steal an extra few seconds by pretending to tie their laces up. However, when it came to the woman, like they would bounce back in like 30 seconds and be like, hey, are we ready for the next set yet? And we'd be like super chatty in the rest period. And I used to think like it came down to a personality attribute, but it turns out it's not quite the case. It might be slightly, but there's more to it than that. And the science behind the reasoning is, is actually quite complex. Like I tried to dig into it and, you know, I'm trying to simplify it as much as possible. But when a study was done on fatigability in men and women, and yes, fatigability is apparently a word, it was found that like due to various reasons such as like muscle fiber distribution, the nervous system, less metabolic stress that females are experiencing, that women would be able to recover much faster than men and therefore can utilize shorter rest periods and not impact their progress. Which ties in nicely to the second thing to consider, which is that women can handle more training volume too. And what I mean by training volume is like more sets, more reps per workout than a male. This comes down to having, you know, a lot larger and more type one muscle fibers along with the hormonal differences, where of course women have more estrogen than men. And by nature, estrogen is anti-catabolic. It reduces protein breakdown and will subsequently end up causing less muscle damage. And therefore, if you wanna make the most of this, you can add more exercises, sets, reps to certain muscle groups. However, I wanna make this very clear, and this is, yeah, a very big however, is that if you are like not absolutely you know, making the most of the sets and the reps you're doing first. Like, you know, if you've got three sets on paper and you're not giving those your absolute all, it's not gonna be beneficial to necessarily add more. You need to be giving your all to those first and then there might be rationale to add more. And as we touched on hormones as well, I mean, it obviously goes without saying that a female's menstrual cycle will have an impact on their training. And I did look into a recent study that indicated that approximately 75% of female athletes experience negative side effects due to their cycle. They obviously did the study on athletes, but I would assume that 75%, I mean, well, let's look at it this way. When you look at things that reduce the severity of symptoms of the menstrual cycle for females, sleep, hydration, reduction in stress, those things help. So we're gonna assume that 75% of female athletes experience these negative side effects. I would assume that if you are not an athlete and you're just part of the general population or you are someone who maybe just trains a few times a week, then I would assume that that ratio is higher as well, right? And research also indicated that there would be fluctuations in strength, metabolism, inflammation, body temperature, fluid balance as well. So plenty of things to consider. However, and I want to bring in another big, however, the severity of, you know, the impact of their cycle has a very big difference, right? And from a different female to different female, and I have this experience with working with my female clients as well, you know, some of them might be able to train at a really good intensity up into their cycle and they need to take, you know, super, super easy. Others might be able to train through it. And actually it depends on the month. Sometimes it's more severe than other as well. And it's shown that during the luteal phase, it's the time where the body is gonna take potentially like the biggest hit from a performance standpoint. And that will definitely have to be considered. 
And the key for myself and for the ladies I work with specifically is simply to maintain open communication, specifically if you're working with a coach. Like I'm a big fan of ensuring that the majority of the ladies of my team that we work with, they feel 100% comfortable with discussing this. And this way we can alter their rest days, you know, the amount of training and cardio they're doing like in the lead up and after their cycle. And if their diets need alterating too, then we can do that, right? And there's also research that suggests that there's quite a lot of other considerations, but I thought these would be the few that I wanted to highlight. So, you know, you females out there, you don't need quite as much rest. You can handle more training volume. And of course, the menstrual cycle, there will be things that we have to adjust. So the short answer is that women can train, you know, however they want to, to be completely honest. But it is worth considering those few things above to ensure that you get the best performance possible and you're choosing the optimal approach for the whole training cycle, but specifically around your menstrual cycle as well. So I hope that answers the question and gives you a little bit more context behind just saying yes or no. And I want to shift gears now and go into a nutrition question, which I feel will help a lot of women out there. How do I become comfortable with eating more food and gaining weight to build muscle too? So I think this requires me to break this into two sections because more food may not necessarily equal weight gain. So I'll start here, right? If you're eating a pastry, a sandwich, and you know a, a small carb and maybe fat heavy evening in the meal, but then you switch to a high protein diet with tons of vegetables and like, you know, loads of full plates, yet the calories are lower, like this may be more about the food volume and the perception as opposed to it actually being a higher calorie meal and you actually gaining weight. So it does seem as if we see a bigger plate of food, therefore it has more calories, but that is not always the case. And I believe here it starts with changing your relationship with food. And I do say this like it's very simple, but it's, it's not simple whatsoever, right? A lot of us look at food and think fat equals getting fat. Carbs equal gaining weight, protein equals getting bulky. And that's not a good place to live in, right? Because the reality of this is that food is fuel. Food is nourishment for the body. And the right food in the right ratios can allow you to eat plenty of food and feel great and also look great too. So it begins by recognizing that not all foods are created equally and also to achieve a specific look, you'll want to adjust the ratios of the amounts of carbs, fats you eat, versus the protein you consume as well. And the next aspect comes down to experience. I absolutely love it when I can shift a client's perspective when you know they come to me initially and they're fearful of carbs, right? In the initial phone call, I have you know a lot of clients who will say carbs just don't sit well with me. I'm you know I blow up when I eat carbs, and I'm always fairly skeptical about this. So don't get me wrong, there will be you know people out there who don't respond that well to carbohydrates, but I think that the percentage of people who actually don't respond that well is probably lower than we think. So if they are open to trying to place carbs in their diet, which most people are, like most people avoid it because they think of the negative consequences. They don't actually want to live in a world without bread, potatoes, and pasta. They're just worried about what that's going to do to their figure. So I will always try and do this. I'll try and implement carbohydrates into their diet, not only to fuel their performance, but to show them that they can, you know, improve their body composition, drop body fat whilst consuming carbohydrates. They usually then think I'm a bit of a magician. Um, but what it is, is it usually just comes down to the fact that the carbs and fats were coming in at a wrong ratio. They probably didn't eat enough protein or they weren't training in a way that actually warranted the amount of carbs that they were consuming in the first place. 
So once you have the experience of consuming foods like oats, rice, potatoes, bread, and you still drop weight and body fat and improve your body composition, it shifts your perspective massively. And I think it really comes down to being open-minded, right? And ensuring that if you do attempt something like this, you have a professional who's been through it and has taken multiple people like yourself through this to help you out in the first place. And following that, it's just a case of watching the process play out, trusting in the process, and then just observing the changes. And you might find that it actually works for you. And then the next step is weight gain. So this is the second aspect of the question. So the first aspect was really like, how do I get comfortable with eating more food and you know having fuller plates? And the next one is more about like, how do I get comfortable with weight gain if I am in a muscle building phase as a female? And I don't think that this only relates to female because this one is potentially a little bit harder and for males massively as well. And I think this comes back to the episode I did. I think it might have been episode 21 where I kind of went through how you can become quite accepting of the weight gain that comes on. But the first place to do this is to ensure you're ready to go through a muscle building phase. As I alluded to in that last episode, like if you've just gotten lean, it might be good just to enjoy the fruits of your labor for a little while. Like, you know, enjoy being lean before you go into a muscle building phase because of usually muscle building phases, you do gain a little bit of fat. So if you've not been lean ever in your life or in a while, enjoy it for a little while. There's no rush to dive into that muscle building phase. The second approach you can take is just to take it slowly initially, right? This can ease you into it and get a bit more accustomed with the changes in your body that come. And this is an interesting caveat that I wanted to throw in here is that when you get started with gaining weight, half a kilo on your frame can actually look quite significant. However, when you're maybe three to five kilos heavier, maybe three to five is quite a lot to mention, but in my case, definitely his case. But if you're, when you're one to two kilos heavier and you're not quite as lean as you were, you'll find that that 500 grams doesn't look that significant on your physique. So that's an interesting thing to add. So if you take it slowly in the initial stages, kind of get your body to a little bit of a set point, you'll find that when the weight comes back on, it doesn't look as significant as it does in the first place. And then the third, which is probably the most important, is that remember it's just a phase, right? A lot of people get lost in this, especially during the fat loss phase, and they forget that it's not forever. It's for the purpose of a goal. Try and keep the bigger vision in mind because if we get a bit too short-sighted, then it can seem a bit like, oh, I don't want to be holding this body fat, you know, And but then you actually forget, oh no, actually, wait a minute, I'm building muscle, and in the future when I cut down, my physique's going to be closer to the way I want it. And the fourth here is to focus on what your body can do and how you feel now, like when you are holding a little bit more body fat, when you are in pursuit of muscle, like when you gain weight and muscle, you're stronger, you're more energetic, and your body can do some pretty damn awesome things. Compare that to when you were in the final stages of your diet and it sucked, you had no energy, you couldn't even lick a donut, right? Like just compare the two. And the fifth and final thing that I wanna go through The chick you see on Instagram who's in phenomenal shape, you know, the one who's posing on the beach all the time with her nice toned arms and her abs, unless she's genetically gifted, she's also been where you have been once upon a time. So I think these tips 100% apply to men as well, but I hope that answers the question of firstly, how you can get comfortable with getting more food on the plate. And like I said, improve that relationship with food, understand that experience will help have a professional guide you through it and then be open-minded to see the changes. And then when it comes to accepting of gaining weight, 
First is to be ready. Second is to take it slowly. Third is to remember it's a phase. Fourth is to focus on what your body can feel and do. And five is remember that the majority of people who you're aspiring to potentially look like have been in your position. To just wrap that up nicely. So let's go into the third and final question, which I think is a really, really interesting one. And this actually touches on what I mentioned in the earlier stages regarding females and opportunities as well. And the third question is this, and I do think this ties into mindset quite nicely. So how do I get taken more seriously as a female in the fitness industry? And I think that this can also come down to like, how do I get more comfortable being a female in the gym, you know, being more confident with being in the weight training section as well. And I'll get started by saying that right now there are some impressive, knowledgeable and reputable women in the industry as well. But I'll admit, you know, we still have a lot of work to do and it's still very much a male dominant industry. And if you want a real world example of this, like pre-COVID-19, if you walked into a gym and looked around to see the personal trainers, you'd probably see seven, eight males and maybe like two, th three trainers if, if it's a generous amount of females in that gym. Like I've never worked in a gym or even trained in the gym where the ratio is much higher than this. It's probably, yeah, one female to every four males, which is, you know, still on the higher side of that ratio. And I'm not sure if it's the same in the online coaching world, but if you look towards like the industry leaders, it's quite male dominant still. And I 1000% feel there's plenty of rooms for females to be in these positions. And if you're a female who you're looking to put yourself out there, maybe you're starting a career in fitness, maybe you want to post about your journey more, maybe you want to start a side hustle around health and fitness or health and wellness, then there is 100% room for you, 1000% room for you. And I would say it comes down to a few key things. The first thing I think it comes down to is get so damn good at what you do. It's really hard to ignore someone who's really good at what they do and can prove it time and time again. Like personally, I'm at a stage now where I have no doubt in my ability or the ability of my team to take a client from A to B and help them stay at B. And the reason why is because we've done it over and over again with different people, different circumstances, and we've gained a ton of experience along the way. People now come to us already knowing what we do because they saw their friend, their family member go through the same thing. And this wasn't always the case. And I had to work damn hard to get here. But once you show you're capable of getting results and on a like a repeatable basis, people start to begin to recognize this. And I want to finish with the famous quote, is, which I absolutely love, is just, be so good that they can't ignore you. The next one is quite a big one, and it's stand for something and make sure you remain authentic. The industry and the market is a saturated one, but this is the same in most industries. The issue is here is that there's a huge disparity between the ability of an online coach or a personal trainer to the untrained eye but we all go under the same umbrella. Unfortunately, I might add to that. So it's like, how do you stand out? And the way you stand out is you actually stand for something, right? You're not just this generic fitness personality who's kind of on the fence and just trying to fit in. Like find something about your journey that you really care about. Like perhaps you care about helping other females, you know, get through their journey uh, whilst maintaining their menstrual cycle. Perhaps you want to break the gender barrier and work with more men as well and empower them. Or maybe you want to help young females to be more confident as that potentially is where your journey began. Like whatever it is, own it. 
The next aspect, like when it comes to remaining authentic, is to realize there is no other version of you out there. So if you're trying to separate yourself from the pack, don't try to fit in. Like, do you? And the reality is that you won't connect with everyone. You won't resonate with everyone. But when you do connect and resonate with someone, they'll be the right people for you to work with and who will want to follow your journey. And finally, and this is potentially probably the most important aspect, is believe that you actually deserve a seat at the table as well. Like self-belief and self-confidence are so crucial. Like the fitness industry, it's quite an insecure one. A lot of us got into this industry due to our own insecurities in the first place, right? And I can tell you firsthand that getting abs isn't the answer to the problem. And most people in this industry tend to get even more insecure than the first place when they actually start getting abs and actually start getting a following and stuff like that. So whatever work you need to do on yourself to actually empower yourself, to create self-belief and self-confidence, do it, right? Do the work. And I did hear a pretty epic quote from Mark Coles a while back. He said something really simple, actually, and I laughed because it is so simple. It takes 10 years of experience to gain 10 years of experience. And this really resonated me. And it doesn't mean that you need to be in the industry for 10 years to be taken seriously, but you always do need to remember like the stage of the journey that you're at. You know, you might not have 10 years of education or 10 years working with clients, but as long as you're hungry, you're in pursuit of knowledge, you're putting yourself out there and you're cultivating your self-worth around being a learner, this will ensure you won't get overwhelmed with the people who have been around much longer than you have. And these are the lessons I've had to come to grips with. And it takes a lot of conscious effort. But as long as you're consistent, you constantly learn, you grow, and you believe in yourself, you'll be taken seriously. And if you're not, you're probably just dealing with egotistical idiots. So you can just disregard their opinion anyway. And just one final caveat as well, if you are relatively new to the industry as well, what you'll find is that a lot of people who have been here for a while, they're getting lazy, right? So capitalize on the fact that you're learning, you're hungry, right? They always say, and I don't know how true this quote is, but you know, the wolf that's climbing the mountain, who's behind the rest of them, is much hungrier than the one at the top. So definitely invest in yourself and build up your self-confidence, build up your self-worth, and actually believe that you deserve a seat at the table as well. So that wraps up our International Women's Day special. And I'm genuinely excited to get this out there to the world. And I really hope it empowers the ladies out there. And I hope that the men are listening will share some of their learnings with the special women in their life and recognize the male privilege that they actually have and try and facilitate the shift in mentality on that front. And as always, please tag me in your screenshots when you've had a listen. And I truly mean it when I say I love connecting with you all as well. So let's connect. On Instagram is always the best place to find me. So that is everything from me today, guys. A huge happy International Women's Day to you. Take care and we'll speak soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. 
Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.